to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks with uh, Blake Howard and Sophie Live. Listening to a gaggle of geeks, the podcast here on at Two Ser. I'm Sophie Lai. I'm Blake Howard, and you might know us from So Hot Right Now. We usually do a weekly uh, wrap up of all things geeky and pop culture, but now we are here on every good podcasting platform. Yes, and we, what you guys don't realize is that. Most of the time when Sophie and I talk, we talk on the radio for about 10 minutes. Um, but to top and tail our geekery often before we record the show is like another 30 to 40 minute <laughs> breakdown of all of the weekly geek news and then narrowing it down. So we thought, look, why don't we share that with you guys? Um, thank you so much for supporting So Hot Right Now and 2SER um, and particularly Gaggle Geeks for the last couple of years. But uh, yeah, we decided that it was time. We needed this podcast. 2018, Gaggle of Geeks podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Tick. Tick. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, it will be a wrap-up of all things good and geeky, as well as interviews with some very special guests. Yeah, we want to we review what's new, what you guys are seeing. We want to break down, um, and it's everything. It's One week, it might be we'll dive into a TV show. Another week, we might dive into a movie um, and uh, comic books occasionally a game will get thrown in there, but um, we'll, we'll just be jumping all across the map. Anything that's the most geeky things is, uh, Sophie and I are just like bugs going to the bug zapper, like, oh, shiny. So you'll find <laughs> us you'll find us uh, humming along to that. Oh, so many shiny things. That's, oh that's always been like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's why the show could never go for 10 minutes succinctly. It's just, uh, it's just over and again. And then, like, a new point comes up, and they're like, and then. And then. <laughs> tangent, tangent, yeah. there tangent. There we go. So, yeah, this is the Gaggle of Geeks podcast that allows us to play in our fun tangent world. <laughs> but a um, very big way to open up the podcast, because um, next week is the release of Guillermo del Toro's new movie, Shape of Water. Now, Blake, for people who don't know, who the hell is Guillermo del Toro? Guillermo del Toro is a Mexican master horror movie, a gothic filmmaker. Um, his resume includes movies, and, and let's start for geeks with things like Blade 2, Hellboy 1 and 2, Pacific Rim, um, and for sort of that more classical gothic look um, and, and some real indie classics, Kronos, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, his last film, um, which was kind of uh, okay Crimson Peak like very good did not as critically well received as something else but he's kind of a master he's had his hand in a bunch of stuff he wrote the early Lord of the Rings movies and then he ended up jumping off uh, he's nearly directed The Hobbit <laughs> nearly directed The Hobbit right he, yeah he was he was this this close and I'm doing that like tiny he was this close to directing The Hobbit and also um, on Netflix because everyone everyone is streaming at the moment um, he is the key producer of a little show called Troll Hunters which is now in its second series on Netflix so you might have kids or if you're a, a kid at heart like me <laughs> and you might like watching a bit of Troll Hunters, um, you'll check that out as well. And also, he's an author. Um, he wrote a really fantastic pulpy um, horror book or co-wrote it um, called The Strain, which is now a TV show as well, which he also um, is has a large part in sort of crafting. So he's been a jack of all trades, but a real great sort of cinema lover. Now, his latest film, 
The Shape of Water. Yeah, sort of 1960s, somewhere in America at a secret government facility, a mute cleaner by the name of Eliza stumbles upon one of the occupants of said government facility, an amphibious man. A merman, perhaps. Um, uh, sort of a, uh, sort of a, if just to get a visual in your mind, a sort of creature from the Black Lagoon mixed with Abe Sapien, um, because Doug Jones plays Abe Sapien from uh, uh, from Hellboy. So it's <laughs> such an Abe Sapien vibe. Yeah, so lo- right. lo- lots of stuff like that. So it's um, basically you've got. A scientist by the name of Michael Sulberg, um, or, or played by an actor by the name of Michael Sulberg, who's there sort of examining the beast. You've got the beast's keeper played by Michael Shannon. Um, he's, his name's Strickland. He's sort of this evil... Um, you, you sort of assume that it's the CIA, but sort of a government lackey, military guy, very weird but great. Um, and he's sort of prodding the beast along, deciding what they're going to do with him. And what you have in secret is this burgeoning relationship between this mute woman and this beast because she starts to discover that it's not just a hunk of meat that uh, is like a fish as the brain of Dory. In fact, (laughs) in fact, it's, it's sort of a sentient being Mm. and they develop a connection. And this movie is just a sumptuous, glorious, ravishing, weird and wonderful love story. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I can't gush highly enough about just the energy and the warmth and the design in every single frame of this movie. Mm. Uh, The performers are great. Sally Hawkins plays Eliza. She's absolutely outstanding. Uh, Doug Jones, always good. Usually, and and has like grace and creepiness that makes him perfect behind monsters. Octavia Spencer plays Zelda. She's uh, Eliza's best friend uh, and uh, and fellow cleaner alongside Giles, played by Richard Jenkins, who is her queer um, her neighbor and best friend who watches old um, tacky musicals and talks crazy about cat art. Man. He's a crazy cat man. It's a crazy cat man. <laughs> he's the, that's the perfect description. He absolutely outstanding. Michael Stuhlbarg, if you haven't seen him, he's in movies like The Post. He's in Call Me By Your Name. He's in Shape of Water. Like this guy, he's having a really blooming um, part of his career. And Michael Shannon is just outstanding standing in everything my favorite movie that he's in is probably the night before where he plays like the 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 stoner ghost of christmas past (laughs) present and future um, which he's just so good in but that's a joke he's actually really great in everything but it's just look it's a really incredible fairy tale um and uh, guillermo del toro famously said that he calls um monsters the patron saints of imperfection and i think that he just loves the idea of monsters as sort of allegories for, you know, human flaws. And, and that's what this is about. It's it's really, I don't know, it's just really tender, beautiful, gorgeous love story. And uh, I honestly cannot recommend it higher. I know you saw it, Soph. What did you think? I thought it was gorgeous. Um, you know, there were, you have this, he always creates these monsters, as you mentioned, like, you know, t- allegories, but... Even though he doesn't, he doesn't require CGI a lot of the time to no. create them. He no. uses special effects and makeup most of the time, and costuming. And you, they're so realistic. Yeah, <laughs> the way they interact with the actors. Oh my gosh, it's just stunning. And you really can feel like the relationship kind of blossoming <laughs> through eggs. Who doesn't like eggs? <laughs> Who doesn't like eggs? <laughs> Who doesn't like? You love eggs? it. You love a boiled egg, right? Yeah, and it's 
for me, like Michael Shannon, like his character, the way he reacts to things is so visceral. Like I was gripping onto the seat every time he raised his voice slightly. He looked at someone creepily. Sideways, yeah. Yeah, and I just got that shiver down my back going, oh God, to work under someone like that. (laughs) And this is the thing, like with Guillermo's films, it makes you feel something like you get heebie-jeebies, but then you just feel the enormous warmth and love when you see these characters come together. And as even the people like, uh, fish sex, weird. <laughs> Look, spoilers. <laughs> Th- this is about this a relationship. This has been relation- going around on Twitter for a while. This has been going around on Twitter for a long time. Um, there is intimacy. And it's not like some kind of tentacle porn. It's not, it, that's not what this is. Even though there's a really fantastic Mexican film that came out last year, excuse me, called The Untamed, where there is kind of some tentacle porn. But this does not have tentacle porn, no. no. Um, but It is y- a very sweet relationship yeah. and you're for it, even though it's an interspecies relationship. Like the way I describe it is like um, uh, Eliza and Giles, they live above a movie theatre. Mm. And so you would imagine that they live in this sort of beautiful gothic style, old building, wooden floors, and literally there's a couple of scenes where the camera pans down through the floors in Eliza's apartment down into a, like a movie theatre. And... She works a night shift at this government government facility, and so she, you know, you've constantly got the reels of the, you know, the movies humming and the movie there and the energy of anyone in the crowd. And I just honestly think that that's almost like a window into Guillermo del Toro's brain, like mm. inside his head, underneath the sort of aesthetic and the outside, is this deep subconscious where like classical film reels are just constantly running through his head. So all the big epics, <laughs> all, all the big epics, and all the small, dainty, beautiful, romantic films, mm. all those big broad gorgeous hollywood canvases are in his head so when this movie's made it's it's telling sort of a sweet and intimate story it's telling something that's a, a, a very much an escapist fantasy for the time that it's set because it's set in the 60s and you actually hear like one radio grab where it's like kennedy talking about a um uh, about the cuban missile crisis and a blockade that's about to happen so you kind of get mm. like a, a brief window but that's not what this movie's about it's about it's about finding connection. It's about being seen. It's and and finding connection in the in the weirdest and most wonderful and unexpected places. And so, yeah, look, it's a it's a massive massive recommend for me. Uh, I think it's up there with some of his best stuff. Pan's Labyrinth is, uh, I think, Peerless. I think that's his best work by far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this would be right up there. So, so. yeah. Pans. It's really strong. I you got see it on a big screen. It deserves it. It costs. I know this might sound like a lot of money, but a normal. I'm just trying to think. Not okay. a fantasy uh, movie. Or... You're talking, an, uh, let's say a Star Wars movie, like a, at least $250 million at this point. Standard. A little movie that Robert Downey Jr. made a couple of years ago, like which they said was like a, a last of one of those small studio movies, is was $40 bucks. Right? I love that's little. The, a little movie, $40 yeah. bucks. Had some great actors in it. No CGI. It's just a, like a, a family drama. Yeah. This movie was made for $12 bucks which is like only about like a game of thrones episode <laughs> is made for 100 million like so you're looking at something that is just unfathomably beautiful <laughs> made on no budget um 
and made just with such heart and soul. So that's just another little factor. So get out there and see it. Um, it's a huge geeky movie, and I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of geeks will have a huge following with it. And it, it. And I think if you, you know, it's spaz to do this so early, but you start thinking about what's my, you know, after you do your top 10 list of the last year. And <laughs> I, I've already heard p- people and seen people on the on social media say, you know, it's going to be really hard for a movie to affect me like this has. So get along. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're already getting really pumped because Black Panther comes out in one month. I know. One month. Now, it's actually broken the record for the most pre-sales made, which was previously held by Civil War. That's how pumped people are <laughs> to see this movie. And I'm already thinking it's going to be in my top ten. Oh, man. Look, Black Panther, I mean, a lot of people forget Ryan Kogler made Creed. Mm-hmm. And that movie is so good. Like, it's so good. Like, you're going to forget about how good it is, but it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's got such immense rewatch value. Tackled a franchise that already had six movies that everyone was just like, yawn. Uh, more Rocky, more boxing. Why? why? Why, 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 Right? And he just went and just went and reinvented the whole thing. It's such a good film. And the latest trailer, like, it just doesn't get any better than this. Kendrick Lamar is curating the soundtrack. I have actually just been playing the trailer on loop <laughs> in the background just so I could listen yeah. The music because the full soundtrack hasn't been released yet, yeah. but I just want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And so, look, yeah, it lo- it looks awesome. It's really cool. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this last year um, in, in one of our shows, and I'll repeat it again for, for new listeners, um, is we talked about being so super excited for Thor Ragnarok and so super excited for Black Panther because they looked like they were genuinely going to have filmmakers that had a different voice. And Black Panther is all the more ridiculously exciting because it's, finally a black superhero in, in in there but it's just such a rich cast of some of the coolest and most talented black performers and they get to have a showcase um and so yeah i'm i'm super looking forward to it andy zirkus plays a villain as well which he's just done in the last jedi um <laughs> and as Gollum, so he's he's along for the ride he's which continuing is good. <laughs> continuing on in uh, but yeah look it looks rad oh, that trailer like i just I, um, I was having a chat the other day with a friend and she's like, I, I only watched the trailer once. Mm-hmm. She's like, I only watched the trailer once and then I abandon. And yep. I go, okay. And I go, but please, can you watch the latest Black Panther trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about it. Um, but I'm yeah. just humming revolution. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, but also in very exciting news, Deadpool has a release date. Yeah, May. It's no. very exciting. Very exciting. And what's weird is, so we had great news for X-Men and Fox today. Deadpool announced that it had a date, May 18, which is rad. It announced it by two knives uh, <laughs> that that had the names B and Arthur on them from Ryan Reynolds on his Instagram. Again, lots to look forward to between now and May for trailers and social media content from that team. They're just outstanding. Their marketing team needs a rise. Yeah, yeah. no, everyone needs to pay their marketing teams to do it. Like, yeah, just fantastic. But um, the New Mutants is now off the 2018 slate. Is it? Completely gone. So Fox... That was the horror... um, Horror entry into into the the X-Men world. Yeah, so that's gone. Um, Phoenix is still there, but uh, this New Mutants is... See ya. Really? Because that was slated for what, November? Mm Mm-hmm. So out of the slate. So uh, That's very interesting. mm, 
Mm. I wonder what's going to happen to We that. start scratching chins and hearing about Fox and being bought by Disney. <laughs> so, because yeah. they released a trailer ages ago. Yeah, that. a while ago. Yeah. It's in the can. So we'll see what happens. Interesting. So from curious news to downright weird and curious news, probably disappointing, but... More disappointing than disappointing. anything else. What's happened? Stan the man, or Stan not the man, because Stan Lee, one of the biggest names in the Marvel Universe, creator of many a thing with Jack Kirby, has been accused of sexual harassment. Yeah. By his nurses. Yeah. Not by one, multiple nurses who've said he has harassed them as they cared for him in his home. See, every woman I absolutely believe on this article. So sent me this report and I sort of went through it. I'd missed it in my feed. And uh, one of the things that I was like, I can share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's dead. I can't get sued for defamation. Um, my <laughs> my, 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 uh, my great uncle was really sick as well and had a, a very sharp downturn around Stan's age about, let's say, eight to ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and there were some hilarious stories while he still had his yeah, had his uh, faculties of him like requesting outlandish things from my relatives to bring him in, bring me pot, bring me this, like just ludicrous stuff. <laughs> um, but people who are old and start to maybe lose their faculties a bit, it doesn't surprise me that they act in messed up ways. And I would, my first question or first, I guess, because that had been my experience, my first knee-jerk reaction is, is like, he okay? Because he's 90-odd. Is he not suffering from like dementia and just doing messed up shit? But for everyone who's met him at the con in the past year, six months, three months, they say he's still very fast. He's still, his wit's all there. And they're like, he has, if he wasn't, if he if he was sick, he still wouldn't be traveling doing every con. Yeah, which he still is doing. Yeah, so yeah, it's really strange. Like, I mean, look, absolutely. If if this is happening, someone's just got to. I mean, someone's got to stop. I mean, he did idolize Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, Stan's, <laughs> Stan, 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 you know, like Stan's an old dude, and he's from that era. So it, it's it it's unsurprising if you can idolize Hugh Hefner and say that with a straight face, but. <laughs> Um, Stripperella. Yeah, Stripperella, <laughs> right? Like, uh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. But, but yeah, I, I just worry, you know, there are obviously really, really ridiculously heinous versions of this mm-hmm. where people are, like, manipulated, they lose jobs, blah, 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 or, or they, you go flat out to the right terrible end of the spectrum at Weinstein. And when I think about Stan and I think about carers, um, absolutely, uh, you know, like I said, I, I believe them. But the consideration I would have is any old man, famous man who's a creative in their life, if they're being in a facility where they're being cared for, may that may happen. Mm. That like those things may happen, and that is that's like an occupational health and safety issue more than a caring issue. So yeah, look, uh, I don't know. I, I I believe I believe you've got it. You know, we're in a, we're in a time where we have to believe these women and make sure that make sure that they're they're okay first and foremost but yep. stan is old as hell and um <laughs> if he as he deteriorates into dementia it's not going to surprise me if we hear more about this and if he 
is it if he doesn't have dementia then it's just <laughs> oh then he's just a, an idiot he's just an old fool is oh, what he is oh dear oh dear oh dear well time is up time's up Stan. time's up you Hope- heard oprah <laughs> you listen to her time is bloody up <laughs> turn your hearing aid up Stan. hey <laughs> but meanwhile um if you're a fan of the CW's Arrowverse, um, Andrew Kreisberg, um, he's in an EP on a lot of those shows. So that's including The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Now, he was accused of sexual harassment mm. um, slash assault, I think, as well. Or maybe just sexual harassment. Either way, got suspended, then fired. <laughs> And now everyone's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? The whole, like, universe is going to implode. And <laughs> CW going, not. Nah, we just replaced him. Everything is business as usual. Yeah, look, I think, see, this is one of those um, kind of really measured and cool examples of there was an accusation. Mm-hmm. So CW and now after the fact, the fans are like, respect them but i think at the time they're like oh why wasn't he just immediately fired they're like no we're suspending because they're a huge organization pending yep. an investigation they've clearly done an investigation which has meant that it's verified everything which it, mm-hmm. like for me i think this is rad because you hear that like due diligence was done it wasn't just an accusation it was actually no. serious investigated fired, fired business replaced as, yeah business as usual the shows will go <laughs> on you will not see any difference yeah exactly <laughs> and so look that is i mean i just have to commend cw it's like this is the way in in a company where they take a precautionary measure to suspend. They do an investigation because at the moment, some of the scary stuff is like, um, you know, a thirty year old accusation goes and people are tried on Twitter before they're completely fired, like the next day. And so this is like this is really refreshing and cool to see CW go. This is how we do it, and also it just sets a precedent, right? We're going to investigate if it's an accusation, and we're not afraid to fire them. And our shows are not going to be cancelled. No. We're not going to cancel. You know, the thing with Netflix is they cancelled House of Cards on Kevin Spacey's firing before then going. Oh no, no, we're not actually cancelling it. There's hundreds of amazing creative people who have jobs because of that show. <laughs> and then because that one dipstick, yes, he did some pretty heinous stuff and deserved to be fired, but that one dipstick that we're going to cancel the whole damn show instead of going, wait, you're a goner. House of Cards still exists. We'll either recast you or do whatever the hell we want. Christopher Plummer, are you available? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, get a lookalike, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's really... I think they've done it really right. And I think it's a good example to set if, because especially if you've got an actor or one lone producer doing it, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, you don't, you don't want to cancel these great shows and, and make it, particularly if it's a producer harassing actors, you don't want to make the actor suffer for canceling the show because of a producer. Cause so many stories you hear are just, a, oh, you get a harassment and then it's producer done. stays and the actor goes yeah. or whatever, yeah. or the, you know, the QZ goes, it's like, shite and now it's like okay this is the process yeah how you do it so we're not trialing them before knowing the evidence but also we're not you know keeping them because no and turning a blind eye no no this is good this is great actually i like this i like this is this is one of those stories where you're like it appears that justice was done and that no one who's working on those shows is going to be impacted by that because that's the last thing like if he is the showrunner like you know, uh, I think they said in the article, which is like every every creative enterprise, particularly TV or movie, is like a village of people create it. So, you know, there are visionaries sometimes behind these things, but 
you know, with a TV show, they've got a template, you know, they've got a stack of writers. They've probably got some great people. Promote some awesome people into that role. And they did. They yeah. promoted two people into that role. Um, and there we go. There we go. So there you go. See business you later. Business as usual. Business as usual. But not business as usual on Han Solo. No. <laughs> We've talked about this so many times. Hurry <laughs> out, man. It's like. The movie that so many... Oh, my God. So, I've got to tell you another story in a second. But the movie that, you know, The Last Jedi just came out. Actually, I'm going to tell you the story now. I went to a comic book store yesterday in Liverpool. The comic book shop in Liverpool. Those guys are really great. And they have great stuff. And I overheard a conversation of someone whining about Star Wars The Last Jedi again. And I was just like, oh, my God. I really Not one of those. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the guys behind the counter were awesome. They were like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, they must have this conversation 50 times a day. So, they've got to be super diplomatic about it. You know, talk about it. Like, try and give their opinion, but also at the same time, you know, they, they, they relish a new customer coming in. It's, oh, sorry, man, I've got to cut that conversation. I've got to go see it. Bye. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but please buy my stuff. <laughs> please buy my stuff. Okay, bye. Um, and uh, so that was, really, that was really cool. But then when I read this story um, about Solo, so Solo, a Star Wars story, is the new Han Solo standalone film. Um, it did start out with uh, the guys who were behind the Lego movie and behind 21 Jump Street as the filmmakers behind that. And those guys got punted off, in short, for Ron Howard, and essentially the entire film was remade. Characters were replaced, things were changed, a stack of different stuff happened with the film. It apparently was in the can only maybe a month and a bit ago that it was completely completed and was coming out on in May this year. Yep. Now we're hearing reports that there are more reshoots, which for me it's like... This movie must, in production right now, cost so much money that they, they, they I, I have no idea. They, they've got to hope that it makes like $500 million just to cover the cost of like all of the people that have been involved in shooting this movie, not once, but pretty much twice now. So it's just unbelievable. So I've had some uh, interesting tweets and stuff today of people going, cool, so we'll, uh, I guess we'll see that solo movie in December now and not in May. So I think we might uh we might be seeing that coming up. Yeah, cuz it was slated for a May release, which I thought, oh okay, pushing it a bit up from the December release. Now it's like, nah, back to December. Nah, look, uh, I, that's only rumors at the moment, but yeah, there's more reshoots. Look, with every movie there's reshoots. Of course. There's it's actually built into the time, but just really strange with Solo cuz Solo stopped production. Um, to to sort of replace their key creators and get Ron Howard in there and, and do everything that they needed to do, replace characters, recast characters, and shot the whole movie again. So weird that it's now in the can and still requires more. Yeah. I mean, look, I know you had your issues with Rogue One. And continue to. And continue to. <laughs> the first anthology film. I thought it was nice, nostalgic, very well acted. I enjoyed it. I take it for what it is, <laughs> but I she feel does. like you're going to have so many more issues with Solo. <laughs> Look, with Solo, the biggest issue I'm going to have is like, who's the IMDb credit for director? Because like, like who's doing the reshoots? I hope it's Ron Howard because, because this is the other weird thing. I know this is like really inside baseball, but when a filmmaker, like, so if Sophie and I were directing, you can only have two directors on any given project, mm-hmm. like for the director's guild. They don't accept like... Like that's why the Cohen brothers work, and uh, that's why like Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller were co-directors on Sin City. Even though there's that one major scene in the middle of the movie where Quentin Tarantino directs the scene, he's like, he doesn't get a director credit. He no. gets like a like a 
what would essentially be a second unit director or like credit because like on yep. action movies there's they've got a second unit to shoot just the action sometimes and then the lead directors come in and shoot all the like the major scenes and key performances and whatnot um but yeah so this imdb page for solo is going to be the longest goddamn page it's gonna have like five <laughs> it's gonna be like 50 pages long yeah. and and that's just the directors so um yeah i don't, I don't know <laughs> i don't know who knows what's going to happen with this? Oh, man. Just let it go. Just let it go. God, I hate this stupid Star Wars navel-gazing. We're probably going to get like a Yoda movie, a Boba Fett movie. <laughs> Poor Ian McGregor. He wins an award at the Golden Globes for his amazing <laughs> twin performance in Fargo. And every single person is like, so you're making that Obi-Wan movie? And he's such, he's got the coolest, like nicest, and he's such a cordial dude. He's just there. Uh, look, I, 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 he goes, I saw The Last Jedi. Over Christmas, thought it was absolutely beautiful. Um, would really like to play the character again, and nothing solid. And he's literally had the same answer for about nine months. L- stop, okay? You know why? It was his beard. He had the <laughs> Obi Wan length beard, oh which is my what God. started it at the Globes. People <laughs> like it's a wait. The beard is at the right length. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was the beard. Out of the, the beard. beard. Shit. <laughs> the force is strong with his beard. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's funny what people pick up, especially on Twitter. Oh God. Wait, the beard. Ask about the beard. <laughs> no. Don't. Leave the guy alone. They're going to be super excited to, to announce whatever's next. Hmm. Of course. Yeah. Like, they're going to be thrilled to do it. And if you're sick of navel gazing, but still want a bit of navel gazing, Rebels. Yeah, watch Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, watch some Rebels. Watch some Rebels. I, I haven't watched season four yet. No, I'm a bit behind. I'm behind. Yeah, I'm behind. But uh, First yeah. two seasons. Fabulous. Yeah. Three's good. Three's good too. You can check that out. <laughs> Three's good. Yeah, look, guys, I'm sorry. Look, I'm going to say, I'm a, absolutely... What you'll learn throughout the podcast, and hopefully if you've listened to the show, you know... Like, Soph and I are big geeks, but I'm a massive diehard Star Wars fan. Like, unbelievably so. Like, obsessively so. And I let it go because it stopped having any currency in this world of the internet. Um, and also that it just too many people became nitpicky, annoying jerks about everything. And I was just like, okay, I'm just not going to tell everyone how much of an obsessive Star Wars fan that I actually am. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. And so I say with great authority um, and and love that I just don't care about prequels and stories of stuff that happens in between or before things in the canon. Like the best news we heard last year was that Ryan Johnson was giving a new trilogy that was nowhere near the canon that we're looking at. It's exciting. We know nothing. We know no characters. We know the universe, but you know nothing. That's why I love The Last Jedi and adored it so, Force Awakens. But if you make me one more goddamn movie in between another movie where I know what the outcome's going to be, I'm done. I'm done. Guess what? I know what happens to Han Solo. Watch Solo the movie. I don't care. He dies. Dies by a lightsaber. Gets killed by his son. See ya. I know the end. I know the end. He shoots Greedo. I know the end. It's about the journey. Oh, I hate the journey. I hate the journey. Never say that. <laughs> I hate the journey. Oh, Blake, but oh, that's us. First episode of yeah. Gaggle Geeks Podcast. Ended good. Ended angry. I like angry. <laughs> um, angry and irrational. That's how, uh, if we can end that way most weeks, so I think we'll go all right.
We'll do okay. We'll do okay. We'll do good. Like. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Guys, thanks so much for listening and uh, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting apps. Yes. Or Gaggle um, of Geeks. Gaggle, it, two SERs, Gaggle of Geeks. That's right. And if you hear, uh, if you want to hear us do this live, it is Saturday mornings around 11 a.m. on So Hot Right Now. Yeah, around 11.15. We'll be there again, as usual. <laughs> as per usual. <laughs> two SER. But till next time, see ya. See you. Bye.